Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. Putting STEM into every classroom, every day. Hey there, welcome back to this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. And today we get a special guest, and we are chatting with Tamara Robertson. Now, you may have even seen Tamara Robertson on TV, and I won't tell you where, but you're going to find out in a moment as we welcome Tamara to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, Tamara, first of all, before we tell everybody um, about where they might have seen you on on TV, uh, I want want you to just tell us a little bit of a story about why or how how you kind of ended up in in STEM. How did you end up in this whole science-y engineering kind of world that, that you're in now? It's funny, I, uh, I joke with people that I started out a history major and I got really lost on the way to graduation. Um, <laughs> but my, uh, my background in STEM uh, actually starts from when I was knee high to a duck. Uh, my, my parents are both traditional military and when yeah. my dad would be home from deployments, uh, I would just be in the garage with him, following him around. And I was his little tool helper. And before I was even old enough awesome. to see into an engine, I was sitting in them and rebuilding vehicles with him so wow. between <laughs> between his odd jobs uh flipping houses before that was a thing and repairing cars i learned everything about engines and drywall and electricity that i could before i was even really old enough to understand that there was any kind of mathematics uh to what i was doing <laughs> yeah yeah wow so so here you are just this little kid um, helping, helping dad in the, in the garage. And, and that's an awesome lesson for everybody to remember, get those kids, uh, outside, get them in your garage with you, uh, mom and dad. Um, but so you, so you went to college, you went to NC state, right? The Wolfpack. I did. I'm a wolf packer. I love having the strength of the pack behind me. Um, I All actually, right. I w- uh, went to school for chemical and biomolecular engineering, uh, All right. and, was really uh, lucky in that I got to actually run our university's biodiesel plant as my undergrad research, which was great because wow. it was my first time redesigning a facility. Because uh, it turns out that biodiesel is pretty caustic, so if you're not using metal pipes, you're going to have some issues pretty fast. Which the <laughs> team, the team prior to me, didn't realize when they first built the facility. So I got to uh, undertake the rebuilding of it when I got there. So. So kind of my, like, kind of like just what you learned from your dad, right? You just gotta, you know, flip a house, and you flip a biodiesel plant, right? <laughs> exactly, and it was it was actually my first ever like plant design experience, and it served me really well because I went from there uh, to designing and building vaccines facilities, uh, and with with my first company, Novartis. So I actually had the joy of during the swine flu pandemic, making swine flu vaccine over in the UK for the United States. And then wow. um, spending some time working with uh, the World Health Organization and CDC, making the first avian flu vaccine with them. So it was, uh, it, it's funny because all of the little steps along the way that you don't realize are, are additive learnings end up rolling together and making it so you can like launch this little career for yourself. <laughs> So, so all those experiences, wow. I mean, just thinking through, I mean, when a kid says, you know, oh, I know what I'm going to be when I grow up, you know, in our classroom, um, obviously, uh, what, a, what a change in those, those few things 
to where you are now even. I mean, how incredible. So, so what do you do now, Tamara? <laughs> so currently I am a science host for the Discovery Channel and the Science Channel, um, which if we're allowed to tell them may mean that they have seen me on uh, Mythbusters The Search as yep. the uh, only female finalist and two MVP winner, or on Mythbusters currently as a guest host to the awesome Brian Loudon and John Lung, who are the current are. Mythbusters. And, and, and I tell you what, they are, they are some awesome new Mythbusters. I mean, this is like, you know, Star Trek had the next generation. This is like Mythbusters, the next generation. And, and teachers, if you haven't checked it out, it, it's just as awesome as the, as the original series. So, Absolutely. Those two guys are just incredible builders, and they both just really love teaching kids and, and working with people to do design and build. So anytime I can go back and play with, like, with them in the shop, it's always a great experience, especially since normally Alan Pan comes too. So we just have so much fun reuniting. <laughs> yeah, so so here you are, you you started as this engineering, and even before that, I mean, you you had you thought you were gonna be in history, but, but here you are, you end up and in, in you're on, uh, as you called it, reality science TV, right? <laughs> yes, it's funny because when I was in college, um, I was doing commercial acting part time because it helped to pay for tuition. And then I thought, oh, you know, um, I'm probably this won't be something I do. I'm going to just do firm science. But it was always this fun thing I would do on the side when I was in my engineering career and then my jobs ended up moving me out to LA and I started getting a lot of like opportunity to look into more acting stuff, but I kept going out for science roles and they're like, no, you don't look like a scientist. You're not, you're never <laughs> going to be a scientist. So I found out through my time with Mythbusters that it's actually a whole different genre of television. It's, it's actually considered reality TV, which when I think reality TV, I think <laughs> people fighting and lots of them in houses. I don't think of oh, people yeah. in shops, but it turns out that um, if you are a scientist on television, that most likely you are actually in a reality TV situation. So, so it's been a whole new, whole new world for me. That is, that is awesome for, for teachers to be able to, to share with their kids. You know, the, the kids, a lot, you know, a lot of them are going to watch reality TV. And if they realize, Hey, the real reality TV, the, where it's at, it's the science reality TV. So um, you love superhero science. Um, you, you're even like kind of going to comic cons. You're, um, you're, you're making that kind of inroad and, and even helping kids to, to see all that science behind superheroes. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, so superhero science has just been something that as I grew up watching Star Trek with my dad and, and <laughs> X-Men as a, as a ginger, I totally connected with all the mutants. So <laughs> it's kind of one of those things that the comics have always been a big part of my life. And then through, you know, being on the show, I, I had never actually been out in the, uh, on the West coast. So I had never been to a comic con convention. I've been to lots of chemical conventions for packaging and design, but never yeah. a comic one. And I had a fan of the show, this young girl, that's just a really awesome girl asked Alan and I, if we would meet up at WonderCon and go with her. So I went for the first time I built my first cosplays cause I'd been doing wardrobe design. Um, and I was like, Oh, this will be fine. Okay. I'll just dress up. And this is like Halloween every day. And yeah. I got the opportunity to actually start talking science on panels there. And when they're like, well, what kind of science do you want to talk about? And I was like, well, I want to talk about superhero science. Can I talk about, you know, all of these things that we see as superhero powers that in reality 
are things that you can do if you if you ask the right questions within science, you know? And so yeah. I got the opportunity to speak at San Diego Comic-Con and then North Carolina Comic-Con. And it was great because like the week before Justice League came out, I got to actually talk the science of the Justice League. I brought a couple professors that I know in with me and we broke down like force speed for the flash and Wonder Woman's gauntlets and Batman's <laughs> amazing like engineering tech and just really talked about like how in today's world we could potentially make these things happen. Yeah. And it's one of it's one of those things what I love about super the idea of superheroes and science is that if you go to a small child and you say, hey, here's Einstein, isn't he a hero? There's there's a disconnect. They don't get it. They're like, I don't no. get it. Why is why is that guy a hero? But if you go, hey, here's the Hulk. You think the Hulk <laughs> is a hero, right? Well, guess what? The Hulk is Bruce Banner, and Bruce Banner is a scientist. Aren't scientists cool? Absolutely across there the board. Totally cool. It's it's a concept that children can connect, can understand, can gravitate towards. And then you start looking at the ideals of superheroes in the comic world and it's diverse, it's inclusive. There's men and women in science. There's there's aliens in science. There's <laughs> people that are that may not have had the best background or may come from broken yeah. homes that become heroes. Um, and it teaches kids this ideal that you know, they can stand up for the underdog and they can make a difference in the world as a single person. And yeah. I just think that there's so many takeaways from, from a media that is very inexpensive to get. You know, you can get penny comics still, 99 cent comics, they have free comic book days. Like yeah. anyone can get a comic into their hands. And it's just one of those things that I just, I love the whole sci-fi world. <laughs> so getting to bring sci-fi and science together and inspire the future of STEM is it's just perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is. I mean, I'm inspired just listening to you. And, you know, and I'm thinking, I mean, kids make a mistake right in the lab, right? So they make a mistake. Well, what happens? They turn into a superhero, right? Because they spilled something on accident, right? Yeah. You didn't. That, now, that didn't happen to you when you were uh, spilling the biodiesel, right? You didn't. No, I did have the uh, unfortunate ability to go we, we would only take donated resources to make our biofuels with because we were trying to set up a long-term supply for the school and yep. we had someone give us something called chicken renderings which is a lot of chicken uh. knees it turns out and and chicken knees in a biodiesel reactor just turns into a big clump of stuff that does not come out of your reactor so Wow. Um, I had, I did have that happen, but no superpowers, but I do have earrings that I, that I wear on, on, uh, my, my new discovery show that says, um, screw your lab safety. I want superpowers, but yes, remember yeah. kids safety first, but superpowers <laughs> are cool. So right. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> safety first is, is very important. Um, yes. you know, uh, you've, so you've worked with kids some, you've, you've had the chance to, to work with kids. And in fact, you were even just telling me you, uh, you you hope to sign up to be a, a substitute teacher. And, and how cool uh, would that be to have, have someone who's really excited about science come in and, and substitute teacher in your class? Um, so good luck with that, Tamara. Um, Thank you. I'm, I'm excited. I have a lot of downtime between shows, and I, and I feel like it would just be really cool to actually get in there and get to teach the kids and get them excited on the ground floor. So Yeah. Yeah. And so, so you've done some things with kids, um, some projects, some things, what, what have you seen that's worked? What have you seen that doesn't work? I mean, you've already kind of talked about kids love superheroes. So of course, superhero science is great. Um, I think it's interesting because with kids, what I've found is it's really about finding that connectivity with them, whether it's, you know, superheroes or in some cases, if it's sports, um, whatever it mm -hmm. is that like, they're excited about, 
linking that back to where you want them to ultimately get. And that's something like I tell, I've, I've got a parent that I know that, that told me they're like, Oh, my kid doesn't like science. He only likes football. And I'm like, well, you can't like football without science. Right. You right. know, and it's, and it's like finding that way to connect what they love with the things that, you know, would be good if they also loved. Um, uh, so what I found a lot of the time with kids though, is that if it's hands on, if they can touch it and it's tangible and they can actually experiment with it, they're going to be so much more excited about it automatically than if they're just reading it off a board or looking at just a flat screen PowerPoint going by. So anytime exactly. you can get it into their hands, it's always going to be a win. But then it's, it's also just really understanding that, you know, they're individuals too, and they're figuring out who they are. And part of that means that they like certain things and they don't like other things. And if you can find a way to still connect to them, you can reach them a lot better than trying to force them kind of down that cookie cutter path. And I know, you yeah. know, we, we tend to um, be limited at what we can do in the timeframes that we have with them when they're in classrooms. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're looking at the fact that within a decade, we're going to have over a million jobs in tech that we as a nation can't fill. So yeah, if, exactly. it take, if it takes showing them that football is science related to get them to be interested in STEM, do it. You know, if it takes bringing a superhero into the classroom to do it, then, then do it. You know, and I think the parents too, you know, parents, we live in we live in a technological age where most people are staring at their phones instead of watching the wonder in their children's eyes. And exactly. you know, the parents are the ones that that really see and know what their kids are passionate about, and they can help with that connectivity. So just you know, remembering that you're raising a little human being that's going to be our future. Like try to inspire them. Oh, exactly. <laughs> It's, and you're speaking of the choir here. So this is, <laughs> you know, and, and, and for me, I mean, I, I love sports. So for me, it's easy to look and see those connections between sports and math and science. And, and I love sharing those with my students. I have a great video that I show uh, every year about how the NFL, how these scientists came up with that, that, that first down line, you know, the, the one that just shows up on the screen that's not really there in real life. Uh -huh. um, and, it, and it's just incredible. I mean, when you, when you look at the science and, and the math that goes on behind that. But but I have to really watch myself because um, if I'm not careful, I'll just always show math or examples that relate to sports. And I know there's kids in my classroom that, that love all sorts of other things. So I have to, to constantly remind myself and teachers, we need to do this. We need to say, okay, I need to find examples of this and this and this, whatever it is, things that those kids uh, in your class uh, are love and enjoy and are tuned to like you were saying Tamara so you're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network to find more information about this or other podcast shows please visit remarkablechatter.com <laughs>